Podkiss 189. Kistery, the biography, A&E, you and me. Ken and Gary's reaction. <gasps> All right, Kiss Army. You wanted the best. You got the best. Now close your eyes. You're about to be podcast. We should put pictures of us in the graphic, like pointing and going, <gasps> and like shock yeah. and horror. I'll, I'll, I'll send you. Anger, you know, we'll, we'll get like four pictures each on the sides and we'll put Kiss in the middle. There we go. Welcome back to your podcast. I'm Ken Mills and I'm one of your hosts here today with Gary Schaller. And you are the other part of this conversation. Even though you don't get to interrupt us, you are here with us and we are here with you for we are one. Right, Gary? We are one. I hope there's a guy out there named Juan who loves that song. We are Juan. That would be yeah. wonderful. Now, we have been treated to something that was very cool, something that I am shocked that we even got to have. And this is our reaction show to biography, Kistory. If you missed a chance to see A&E's biography, Kistory, or you want to own it digitally, you can purchase this for only $4.99. That's right, both parts on Amazon, iTunes, and voodoo. So there's no reason for you not to have this. And a lot of people are saying, well, I'm going to wait till I get a Blu-ray with bonus features. And, you know, chances are if people don't buy it this way, they're not going to print something that you're not already buying. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah. It's kind of like comic books now. We have digital comics, which are coming out every week. And you can buy them for like 99 cents. And then at the end of the run, they put them all together and sell them as a collected trade paperback. It's better for trees, that's for sure. But uh, not only that, it lets people know that there's an interest in the product, right? Yeah. What I miss, though, is the bargain bin, uh, you know, because I think a lot of comics that, you know, that people tried publishing successfully and just mm -hmm. no one bought. Right. Wound up in the bargain bin and ergo sometimes wound up in my collection. Right. So <laughs> I know that people are like, I'm, I didn't turn this on to listen to comic talk with Ken and Gary, but you should No. Um, ha, we have a panel. I <laughs> get it. C comics panel. Yep. There's uh there's a lot of great deals that I get uh, for the, the Kindle. Like I have every Avengers and Fantastic Four comic after selling all of my collection. I, I have them all on digital rather cheaply because you can get like trade paperbacks when they have sales for like, you know, three ninety nine, four ninety nine. So like give me the entire Avengers and, you know, for like a very little price. So it's just yeah, amazing. So cool. and the the great classic stuff, the good stuff, baby, you know, so. Are they fungible? I don't know what that means. Are they non-fungible or whatever it is? The like, what is it? NFT? No, no, all oh, that nonsense. <laughs> no, no, they're just the the comics that you love, and they're great with my my uh, old man eyes. They are electric yeah. and vivid, and I can make them the size I want on the screen each panel, and it's fantastic. So yeah, no, it's nice. It's a good thing. My, I, I know. Um, the people I love most in the world sometimes read uh, their favorite panel graphic art on the computer. And that's because some of what they read uh, is not published in the States, but only in Japan. Ah. And that, and, and I, I, I love the fact that we can read comics from all over the world 
And it does make it, I have to say, as a comic collector, and as I know you are as well, it does make it a little easier not to have things piling and piling up. Right. Well, I like the fact that it's with me everywhere I go, just like my entire music collection is. It's, it's yeah. fantastic. But we're not here to talk about comic books or even how you kiss digitally like we did on the last episode. Today we are doing our gasp, guffaw, anger, love, uh, reaction episode of Biography Kistory, which I said is available on Vudu, Amazon, and iTunes for only $4.99, both parts without commercials, I might add. Because those commercials, let's just let's just start Ugh. things that we didn't like about biography history. Those commercials were painful, and it seemed mm -hmm. like they they uh, held the bulk of them towards the end of the broadcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It yeah. just oh, and and, and it, it 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 was not only the sheer volume of commercials; it was the frequency of commercial breaks was. You know, it, it, we could put this in the category of things where we sound old as we complain yes. that it ain't like it used to be. Yep. You know. But we used to have commercials, but that was when you went and got popcorn or went and peed or something like that. Uh, but now you can, like, go wash your car. It's It's very lengthy. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So here we are as KISS fans. I'm 58. I have been a KISS fan since 1975-ish, maybe a little earlier, maybe a little older, but whatever. Whenever that was, I have been here for the longest time, and I did not think that I would see something like this. And let's be honest, like there are bands like The Beatles, Fleetwood Mac, and The Eagles. They get documentaries. Uh -huh. Bands like The Band, for example, they get documentaries. They get a last waltz, a Bob Dylan I didn't think that we'd ever see anything like this for KISS. I still don't feel that it is the definitive KISS documentary, though. I think of course, that's, that's going exposed. to be made. Exposed is the definitive. No, it's not. No, it's not. But those will be made when this is all said and done, and probably you and I are no longer shuffling in our mortal coil or anyone else's. But someday there will be that thing that is made that everybody wants, right? Yeah, but I got to say, it's, it's, this is a tough contender only because, you know, if, if I thought of how I would start a KISS documentary, I'm not going to say I agree with every, every uh, editing decision or production mm -hmm. choice. Right. But if I, I you know, I, I've, I've thought about this before. And if I was going to make a KISS documentary, you'd have to start it in, you know, in Haifa, Israel. And they, sure enough, I mean, they went all the way back to, their childhoods and I mean the the choice of having them you know showing them sitting in a room together so wonderful it was that was apart from you know or alongside some of the really uh, great old footage and I'm sure we'll get around to talking about mm -hmm. some of the jaw-dropping stuff I think my favorite aspects of the documentary and I suspect yours as well were the Gene and Paul interactions you know yeah, all that was wonderful, and it, it was very moving at times as well. Yeah. You know, here's the reward, and here's the complaint. Right? It's it's these two things. I wish that I wish that this band could treat each other right. The original four members, at least, that they could sit down and have a conversation. 
to to have the ability to do this. But at this point, time is money, and they have more money than time at this point. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I think I think a lot of us are in that same boat. That no matter what's in your wallet, you're starting to notice the tick 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 go by a little sooner than you'd like it to. So they've they've done their bit for you know God and country, as the saying goes. They've <laughs> they have they've tried right so there's no there's no real need for them to sit down in a room with the four original guys and say you know maybe we we messed up and let's work this out karmically for ourselves right whether you believe in karma or whatever it would just be nice to know that these guys were able to uh look at look at us and everybody that's in those stands and everybody that's ever bought a Kiss t-shirt or baseball card, that they could value that and say, we did this. All four of us did this and just put that behind us. And maybe they have and we don't know about it. I'm not going to try to sit, you know, to guess what their situation is. And it doesn't really matter to me as a fan. I'm talking about for them. It's almost like if there was a divorced couple and they have kids that they have together and they have grandkids that they have together and they're going to see each other. Just try to make peace because this is going to be a constant irritant every time it comes up. Right. Okay. Well, here's the thing, right? You just, you just said something about, you know, uh, grandparents and parents who get together for the, and, and behave themselves for the kids. First off, there's, I have no doubt that the four original members of KISS could behave themselves and and have a nice conversation, right? Mm -hmm. But when you talk about parents and grandparents making it work for the kids, as a behaviorist and maybe a bit of a skeptic, my thought is that's still something that they, there's still something that they get out of it. They meaning the grandparents or parents, the the divorced people. Mm -hmm. What they get out of it is uh, having an afternoon with the grandkids. The reason why I bring that up is this. I think we as KISS fans... Are, are so blown away when the four original members laugh and have fun together yes. today, right? We're so blown away because it is so reinforcing. It's so rewarding for us as it should be. I believe truly that it is not that rewarding for them, not that they hate right. each other, not that they um, don't have fondness for one another. I just don't actually think it's that rewarding. And in fact, um, I I think I understand that it is more rewarding for Ace and Peter to to be paid a certain way or to have certain things guaranteed up front uh, for reasons that make sense to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I believe it may be not that rewarding for any four of them necessarily. Maybe Gene, I don't know, to be in a room with the other guys. Well, you know, again, going back to what I said, they have more money than time right now, uh, mm-hmm. meaning that what's the point of me trying to litigate or make peace or deal with something that I couldn't deal with for the last however many years at this right. point? What's the what's the point? You know, I don't even if you just if it comes down to forgiveness or just letting things go. Uh, but having said all of that, what we got was amazing. Yeah. Uh, there were some big flaws and some major goofs. Uh, like, for example, it was odd what albums weren't mentioned and what albums were mentioned, right? Well, hang on. That's interesting, right? So you and I were 
you and I were messaging back and forth around this broadcast. And, uh, you know, one thing that you and I both messaged each other was like, where's rock and roll over? Uh, we, we, we love rock and roll over. Um, I don't think it's like an important album in the same way. I know shock horror. Um, it isn't destroyer. It isn't alive. And and it's not even kind of love gun in a way, right? Like it doesn't have a yeah, but love, love gun wasn't even mentioned. Go on. Really? Yeah. Here's the thing. Here's how you shut Ken up. This is because this is what everybody who ever is around me wants to do. Just <laughs> shut Ken up for a little bit. Here's no. what we have to do to shut Ken up. The first thing I would have done if I was the person who put together this show and I'm I'm armchair quarterbacking after having seen this wonderful thing that I love very much enough to purchase it. Mm-hmm is it takes a, a, just a second to have a on the screen, the album mm-hmm. cover rolls onto the screen and it says rock and roll over and the year love gun and the year double right. platinum and the year just every so often because it, it helps tell the story that my God, these guys were busy. No right, and wonder it, they went off the rails of the crazy train to quote Ozzy, right? Well, let's talk about those rails, Ken. I'm so glad you brought that up. I watched this uh, documentary with, mm-hmm. with the folks in this house. And um, <laughs> Kiss is the most visual bit. And yes, you, we're armchair. We're armchair um, critiquing. Quarterbacking this. and rewriting yeah. history. Kiss Sure, sure. They, Kister, they did a very good job with this documentary. I was yes. very pleased. Um, Kiss is arguably the most... Arguably, it, uh, uh, incontrovertibly, the most visual band in history, in history. Um, when they're talking, when when Paul is saying for the umpteenth time, or Gene is saying for the umpteenth time, some analogy about what it's like to be in Kiss. You know, it's like you're a baseball player swinging the bat. You're driving off the road. You're on a roller coaster that's mm-hmm. about to descend. Whatever, 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 right? I don't think baseball documentaries that show you know where they're talking about swinging the bat i don't think those cut away to pictures of kiss (laughs) right i don't think i don't think documentaries about hazardous driving conditions show pictures of kiss and to your point easily any of the 87 times that paul was talking about driving off the road or gene was saying it's like a roller coaster they could have shown an album cover or an, a picture of kiss or tour dates or any literally anything the heavy-handedness of 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 showing over and over again these like oh plane is right like all the yeah it was like a plane and then the plane crashed do we need oh. to see a plane crash right I mean, this Where's isn't a Leonard Skinner yes. documentary. Is it too soon? I'm sorry. Oh, so ooh. you know, it, the weird thing is, is that if you would have had like a Martin Scorsese or a you know Ken Burns or somebody of that caliber, he's not going to resort to what's in the stock footage thing that I can use. Do you know what I'm right. saying? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, there is always that usage, but some things were very clever, right? In, in how they used some of those shots. Some of it was very clever. Some of it was just kind of odd. Some of the weird choices. But that's that's neither here nor there. Let's let's get on with the thing. Who would have ever Hang thought... On. Oh, yes. I'll just say that, you know, a, a, to your point, a clever one, or one that felt more tolerable, was when Paul was, you know, talking about writing the chorus of rock and roll all night. Mm-hmm. Right? And he goes, I... 
and they show like a an explosion, right? Like, yeah. okay, that's pretty. It's it's quick, and it sells the point. It, yeah, exactly. It's contextual, but the the yeah the overuse of stock footage. I will also say nothing against the sound editors or whatever, but um. Or the composers, but there's uh, I another message that I sent to you was um, this thing. The background music had like deuce, but it was spelled D-O-O-S-E, <laughs> you know, or like strutter, S-D-R-U-D-D-E-R, right? You know, and and it was these almost kiss songs. And also they were super loud in the mix. Mm-hmm. Is there a legal reason for that? Like, do they have a limit as to how much of the actual kiss music they can play in the background? No, I, I think that it comes down to a couple different things. They, it used to be a documentary would have like a somber hum or tone or, or maybe a horn played underneath things. But now we have to have everything as big, exciting and boom. And here's this in your face. And you're, if you're not paying attention, this five seconds, Oh, look, look something there's smooth. There's something pretty to look at. Oh, there's a sound. Boom, boom. You know, every that's just our concentration level. Right. Mm-hmm. As far as the music usage, a lot of people don't understand that kiss did sell pretty much the rights to their catalog. Right. Mm-hmm. So the producers, of the film can't say, Hey, kiss, can we use this? Because they can't say yes. Right. So I'm sure that it was uh they were probably on some sort of a diet in the sense of okay this is your budget this is these are the songs that are important to use and the ones the other ones don't really matter. Well of course they didn't have Beth. Right. We'll we'll talk about that in a second. But you know, I have to applaud the fans who stepped up and created that background music that were able to take Deuce and rewrite it enough that it wasn't Deuce, right? Yeah, no, it look they did a fine job, and 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 you heard it, and you knew what you were hearing. I mean, it's better than techno music, right? Just some mindless, you know, it would be horrible. So at least they tried that. I'll give them that. So, but again, you know, this is a great thing. And to me, if you put it on par with Exposed or Second Coming or When Kiss Ruled the World. Or any of those things, it sits up right there with all of them for me. Mm-hmm. This is to me the next step in uh, the the kissologies, right? Now mm-hmm. let's talk about how Peter and Ace weren't there or mm-hmm. weren't allowed to be part of this project because they couldn't come to an agreement. The the wording, and I forget. I know it said on the screen, you know, Peter and Ace declined or were invited and declined to participate. Right. And then it said, and, and you'll have to remind me, did it say they do not endorse or did yes. they say they dispute? No, no. I I think they said that they do not endorse the views. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So here's the thing. Going back to what I said earlier, the fact that Kiss can't sit in a room and talk if I were to say, okay, we're going to put one video camera up and one tape recorder in the middle of the table, and you guys just come and talk for an hour, there's no reason for them to do that, and there's nothing that can be gained from that. Because as much as you and I might like it, that's just hell on earth for these guys. And they're not going to start mm-hmm. doing therapy now. What's the point? Again, less time than money. You know what I mean? So it comes down to that. It, it's sad that there couldn't be a... Uh, uh, an agreement reached upon. But having said that, we would have gotten exactly, exactly what we got out of Ace and Peter had they been part of this. The only difference is you might have heard Shock Me and Beth. Mm -hmm. Because it would have been edited down to just what 
is salient to the story. And whether people like this or not, even Gene and Paul probably had some things that they thought for sure would be in there that did not wind up. Because let's look at this, folks. They had 86 and 87 minutes that they had to do a tight thing on. So this is 87 minutes long for part two, 86 minutes for part one without commercials. Who makes the editing choices? Well, the fact that you have Annie who is saying, look, we want to do this show. We're going to give you two hours. That's what mm -hmm. makes the choices. So out of, uh, out of a two-hour period, 86 minutes of that is content. Okay, but that's the length I'm talking about who decides. Because I have a – there's something we really need to talk about regarding the editing. Okay. Uh, okay. Make I, it happen. I, I, well – because of partly because of kiss i'm sure um i i watched with the um the uh, the ca closed captioning on mm -hmm. uh just i i mean i i could hear and it's easier for me if i can also read along right and i've sort of reached that that point in my maturation where i appreciate having words on the screen there are some really uh, jaw-dropping differences between what's in the closed captioning and what is actually in the in the final edit. So I'll give you an example. Right? Okay, hold and on real quick, though. I want to tell yeah. you that the okay. people who were lucky enough to see the premiere of part one at mm -hmm. the Tribeca Film Festival, they saw things that didn't wind up making it to air. Did they see things that didn't wind up making it to air, or did they hear? They, they saw and heard, meaning both. So there were, there were parts of conversation that were edited out. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that somebody somewhere will talk about those at some point, but I'm sure that it, it that somebody might have said, "Oh, that's that's not a good look for us, right?" So there were some things that were taken out. So plus, again, time is the biggest factor of all. The second of all is narrative, right? But who decides that? Uh, well, that's... you've got you've got the producers, okay? Not A and E. The A and E just says, "Here's your runtime. Hit it." Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, you've got the producers and then how much do you know how much do gene and paul i mean they sit down there's you know gazillion hours of of them talking and and then it gets edited together along right. with gazillion pieces of footage spanning almost 50 years but but here's here's an example like mm -hmm. let me tell you what i'm talking about okay you've got tom morello yeah and and he's i think it's they're talking about yeah they're, they're talking about the reunion tour mm -hmm. right and tom morello is commenting on it and at some at one point he's talking about what it was like to to see kiss at, after the reunion mm -hmm. and i think he's talking about how things start to get sloppy or difficult or i don't know what i don't remember exactly but in the closed captioning it's it says something like ace could barely stay upright mm. the audio they chose though was tom morello saying you know, incredible guitar solos. Mm. Right. And so the reason why I bring that up, I mean, it's sort of maybe obvious, but in a, you know, in the Gene and Paul version of things, right. It, right. It's, it's fair at times, not necessarily right now. It's been fair at times to, to say about Gene and Paul that they, they try to shine the worst light on Ace and Peter or on Ace and Peter's behavior. Right. Like there are, you know, I mean, even like little dumb comments like the the Ace Fairly Dom, I'm alive and well, where am I? Like, 
Uh, and I think it, Gina Paul can be accused at times of like not pulling their punches. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering who made the decision, for instance, to 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 not have it say Ace could barely stand upright. And this was in part two. But instead to have some audio that says, because Tom Morello clearly said the first thing. Right. Right. But they cut away to footage of Ace. And instead of having the Tom Morello audio where he says, oh, Ace could barely stand upright. They put in Tom Morello talking about what an awesome guitar player Ace is. Right. So we don't, was it credited to him speaking those words? Do you see the difference? I mean, he was the only person speaking. And right. The, yeah, but that doesn't was, was that a, doesn't necessarily mean anything because if you're watching something and you might have three different people talk within a span of thirty seconds, and depending on what you see on the screen and what you're hearing, it can mean where it's coming from. Do you know no, what I'm saying? Him. It was him. It was okay. it was him. It was like because it was him before that and it was him after that. And it, I know what you're saying. It wasn't like a quick montage of of comments rapid fire from people this right, was tom right. morello well i don't know uh i don't i don't have access i'm i'm not privy to such information but there it it just shows us that there was an an alternate cut that mm. somebody thought we need to take that out when they were talking about the reunion again there was a there was a bit about ace and i think maybe it was paul or gene i don't re- mm. no no maybe it was doc I don't remember, but someone said Ace had drugs in his wristband. And again, that was only in the closed captioning. And they chose some other audio about Ace. And I, I, I hadn't written it down. But 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 what I'm the, the point I'm getting at, maybe I'm not getting at it uh, succinctly, is, is just that one wonders who made these decisions to kind of like paint like they had the option of making Ace and Peter look even worse or certainly Ace that's for sure and and yet the last the final edit they backed off of that does that make sense Are you clear what i'm saying like unless you had the closed captions on you would never know that these really awkward unforgiving comments were made right 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 so i guess the question is is how do you feel that Ace and Peter were treated and I'm going to have to say that they were treated fairly well in some respects. Mm-hmm. They, by their own admission, would admit that they had problems. Mm-hmm. Gene even admits that he had a problem and still does. Right? We mm-hmm, all have mm-hmm. we all have our issues. But I'm not here to play uh, therapist or you know jailer to any of these guys. Uh, I respect them for the entertainment that we got from them, and I love them for it. And um, they will always be part of my life and the soundtrack of my life. Having said all of that, I feel that Peter, Chris, and Ace Frehley were kind of hard on themselves, even in the clips that were picked in their words. But they are their own words. And that's really how documentaries have always been put together. Yeah. Is by people's own words. So I can't say that they were treated bad. I know that if there was going to be a complete buzzsaw hatchet job, if you will, like to an extreme level, it could have been so much worse. It could have been so much worse. Yeah. Uh, So let's talk about the really good stuff. We saw Mm. footage of Peter Chris playing in Mm. a band before Kiss. Unbelievable. Thank you, Lydia Chris. She's the one that provided that. She, She confirmed it with me. 
that was awesome. We saw a discussion in prime time in America on colored high definition television, probably about 10 minutes worth of talk on Wicked Lester. Yeah. When has that ever been a thing ever? Amazing. We've learned more about Wicked Lester, at least the American public has learned more about Wicked Lester in that bit. Who who would have ever thought that we would have seen that? And it's weird that the Wicked Lester album got more discussion than Love Gun, but mm-hmm. that's, again, my little pet peeve, right? We got to see footage of the KC Kite Fest. Oh, unbelievable. Synced to audio from, I believe, Cleveland. I'm not sure, but I believe that's what I've read. Yeah. Uh, the other thing, another thing that really jumped out at me was things that we've only seen as a photograph, and every once in a while you'd see live. Oh my! All God. of a sudden, the, the 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 photograph moved. Yeah. Oh well, some of the like, the the footage in Detroit in '75, mm-hmm. or yeah. um, yeah, like the the what I I think was the video shoot for "Come On and Love Me" and um, "Rock and Roll All Night," like them making mugging at the camera, making faces. That's yeah. stuff that like I've never seen before. Amazing. Right. Also, I'm sure you picked up on this as well. There's some black and white footage when they're talking about Beth. Yes. Of Peter, no makeup, sitting down in front of a microphone like he's about to sing Beth. What is that footage? Holy cannoli. I think it was in the studio. You think so? Was it or or was it rehearsal footage and I'm getting excited about nothing? Like maybe I actually have that in my DVDs. Well, either way, it's still cool. It's something we haven't seen before, right? I, I don't think so. Yeah. I remember that they talked about where they had like Peter being filmed with a camera mm-hmm. and he would work on the drums in another section and they would, you know, so who knows? I don't know, right. but it's either, right. it was either, it was either in the studio or it was in some airport hangar where that they ran it out to rehearse. You know, I don't know, but it was just amazing. And as a hot, what's the phrase? Hot take. No, um, oh. all American man. Oh, six foot hot look. All American man. The uh, Peaches uh, Gene autographing that stunning woman <laughs> that I've only seen photos of. Like, I would just, I'll pay for that bootleg. Just bring <laughs> that to me. Anyway, but having said all of that, just amazing stuff that we've never had access to or never seen before. Just glimpses of what is still out there to find and to. Uh, have pop up right maybe yeah all this stuff could appear on a kissology someday really um, fun candid moments uh, yeah too like uh, i love the I airplane love all the what's that the airplane yeah oh my god yeah and and then and then even like up to 1996 right i love all the footage at uh i guess gene's house right where they're the, oh my god that was so cool when uh and then when they they march out fully you know, in full and Shannon's up. laughing at them, and, and he's like, "Moron, get over here!" You know, I love that. All right, and that little parrot's walking around as mm-hmm. Kiss is putting on makeup, and it was it was a rebirth, right? You know, not to make too fine a point of it, but it was that again. You know, so it was wonderful. It, it I can't complain too much about this show because I never thought that we would see this basically four hours comes down to three hours, but without commercials, but that much time given to kiss or any band Yeah. at this point, you know, you might like, you might have a chance of seeing, you can pick any 
start like a Dave Grohl reality show, but you may not get to see six hours of, of Foo Fighters content. Do you know what I'm saying? There's a difference. No, it's just incredible. And it, and it, it I, I don't, I don't want to pretend it's something that it's not, but I had friends, I'm sure you did too, who were sending me messages like, dude, there's going to be a four hour kiss documentary. Like what's up? Oh my God. Yeah. I am amazed by how many people that are not big kiss fans that contact me like, Oh, I didn't know this. And I didn't know that. And then I immediately have to put the nerd. Um, it, it wasn't quite like that in real life, but it was kind of a sped up version of the story, you know? Right. So, but yeah, you know, kiss is cool. That, that's kind of how the conversation ends. There was nothing super cringeworthy in it either, right? Like what, like there's so many opportunities in a kiss documentary as much as we love them. And we sure do. For there to be things that they say or do or show that are just epically cringeworthy. And, you know, I, I you and I don't find Phantom of the Park cringeworthy. You and I don't. No, we love that. And that right. was great seeing some of that behind the scenes pictures and footage, oh. too, of that even, you know. Yeah. A, a, yes. And same with uh, The Elder. Like uh, the the coverage that The Elder got. I adore The Elder. I, yeah. I absolutely do. But the and to see that, you know, the photo of like. um of them at uh, the Flo and Eddie show with mm -hmm. uh, Bill of Coin there and everything. Just unbelievable. Yeah. Let's talk about things I did find cringeworthy. Oh, there were some misrepresentation of the facts. And I don't know if that was done from like a narrative on Paul and Jean's part or whether mm -hmm. it was the producers, because at some point things get out of your control. What, even if you're as controlling as Jean and Paul and this kisses their baby, at this point, if anyone's going to control it, they have to, right? Well, are you going to talk about B.B. King? <laughs> well, that's that's just a mistake. They showed a photo of B.B. King, and it wasn't B.B. King. It was right. someone else, and but it said B.B. King. So, oops, oopsies, you know. But I'm talking about the Tom Snyder show. Like, Gene yeah. spent more time talking about how horrible the Tom Snyder show was than his father leaving him and his mother when he was a child. <laughs> so one of those seems, according to this documentary, I'm making light of the situation that there was more time spent talking about the Tom Snyder show than that horrible situation. Look, I lost, my, my dad left us when I was very young and uh, I know the, the horror. And so I'm not making fun of that. Right. No, I didn't think you were. Yeah. I love the Tom Snyder interview and i look amazing. at i look at you know what band i love the most right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you right you know which yes, one it course. is the beatles yeah no the the uh, accordion three they were a polka band out of cleveland no of oh, course the right. beatles yeah, the, of yeah. course the beatles i have footage of the beatles when they were asked why they wrote songs about uh prostitutes and lesbians they said because we like writing songs about prostitutes and lesbians i've got footage of the beatles literally while they're doing an interview putting ashes out in each other's hair they're like dropping it off the end of their cigarette george and john are doing this to paul while he's you know trying to have a serious conversation mm -hmm. i've seen the beatles being interviewed in, on two separate levels and ringo and george are throwing food at paul and john and then when they are interviewing george and ringo they're doing the same thing right i've seen the the beatles uh for example when john was uh promoting his book the the other three beatles were with him and the i believe the guy was danish and uh 
he asked them to state their name and John said, well, uh, this is uh, Paul McChartley, George Parasol and Ringo Stone. And then at one point they asked John to read a section from his book or a bit of a poem. And George says, I don't like that bit. And he reaches over and tears pages out of the book. And then Paul tears pages out of the book and Ringo's <laughs> tears pages out of the book. And then John just goes, okay, I guess we're tearing pages out of my book. But we didn't see like a documentary like, oh, and they tore pages out of my book on Danish television or whatever it was. That was, that was it. You know, okay. All right, you're about to say something that I disagree with, so go ahead, and then I'll disagree. Well, with it. I, I just, I wish that they could see the joy that that thing brings us. Uh, oh yeah. Well, that I agree with. I, I think I said something online about this shows why this band could not sit down in a room with a tape recorder and just let it go for an hour without mm-hmm. someone having to control it. It's a, it's impossible for them to have, I believe what you're saying, to have a real conversation. They can't do that. And you're going to say, well, this wasn't a real conversation. That's right. What I want to ask you is what do you think Gene and Paul, or Super Kiss at this point, thought that they should have, like, what, what do you think they thought that the Tom Snyder interview show could, should be? All right. I, I, there's two things I want to say about this. One, the first thing, let me just say, I'm about to bring it down a little bit, the, the, the tone and joy. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, w- one of the things I do most at my job is I treat people who have post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the treatment that I use is a treatment uh, because PTSD is treatable, folks. Um, but there's like only three treatments that actually work and have any research behind them. And and one of them is called prolonged exposure. It's a tough treatment to do, but it's a treatment that works really well. What we do is we go through the story of what happened in excruciating detail over and over again. And the reason why we do that is because if I'm working with a soldier, a veteran who's who's got it in his head or her head or their head that it's their fault that that, that something terrible happened on the battlefield. It's their fault. I should have done this. I should have done that. We have to go through that story in incredible detail so that I can say, but wait a minute, how could you be in two places at once? Right? Like you were over here doing this. How could you possibly have have covered your buddy? Right. How could you have possibly protected this person? You were over here. You just told me that. Mm-hmm. And we go through it over and over again. And and the the what happens with the story is eventually the person is like, you know what? Actually, I've heard this story so many times. I kind of get it. It wasn't my fault. And the reason why I bring that up, not to make it super dramatic too late, but the reason why I bring it up is because I think, I don't think it's traumatic what happened on Tom Snyder. I'm not making that argument that's ridiculous. Right. But I do think that what happened, like so many of us, so many things in our lives over time, we we pick up meaning to these things that isn't there in the original event. And so I think Gina Paul have decided over time or involuntarily, this is what they believe, that this was an absolute super brutal thing that actually was personal that has anything to do with them and it doesn't ace was drunk he would have been drunk whether or not they were on tv whether or not gene and paul were there and ace is hilarious in that interview and we love it and 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 then this accusation or this attribution rather that peter wasn't laughing because of ace peter was laughing because of how uncomfortable gene and paul were like who says how do you know you're not in his head Right, my my impression right. from watching that a hundred million times and maybe yours too, 
Ken, is that Peter was laughing. Not an exaggeration. Is that that's a, yeah? It, well, right. Is that it, my my impression is that Peter was laughing because this cause same reason we were laughing. Right. And and I don't think I ever laughed because Gene and Paul were uncomfortable. And I have to tell you, I also don't think. I I know they were uncomfortable, but like everything else, I think that gets blown out of proportion. And and I think it's so it's like part of a myth that gets perpetuated, like so many things in history. So that's one thing. I'm sorry, I know I'm being long winded, but that's one thing is I think that it's just like how our memories rewrite things over time. I think you would have to sit down with Gene and Paul, and and actually like do exposure therapy. Like let we're gonna watch the Tom Snyder. Yeah, interview. but again, it comes down to there's not enough time on the clock. They're no, going, for they sure. would rather spend time walking their dog because oh. Why? Why Life not? Is, you know, right? And I and, this is important. Yeah. Right, I would rather watch Tom Snyder. <laughs> you then, would. They yeah. wouldn't. They lived it once, didn't enjoy it the first time. You okay. know, but why would the, they? You know, here's the second. No, yeah, go on. No, for sure. No, I hear you. What you're saying. I, I, but here's the second thing. Okay, the Tom Snyder interview is an anomaly in the sense of how just sheer brilliance, the sheer brilliance of it, how super funny it is. It's, it's just, it's a gem. It's a gem of a of a of an interview. But if you, I have, and I'm sure you do too, dozens and dozens and dozens of recordings of Kiss's appearances on the radio throughout the 1970s and 80s and after. And in that, with that lineup, with that lineup, right around the time of the Tom Snyder interview, I, I, I would say, where they are as unhinged and hilarious, all four of them, having a blast, enjoying one another, vibing off of one another. You know, they might as well be putting out cigarettes in each other's hair or dropping ashes and tearing pages out of books because of how jovial and um, how much enjoyment they're having. And I don't know whether the Tom Snyder interview is just a grumpy freaking day for gene and paul but but there is no shortage of really fun stuff they did together all four of them in the 70s mm -hmm. just super unwound and having a good time well i think you and i need to get back behind the mic because we have to wrap it up here we are running close to the end of our time today uh because this was just something we kind of got together and just did so Mm. You know, we've got our real lives calling us or real lives. I hear you calling, but <laughs> uh, it was it was a great documentary. It was a great puff piece. It was a great promotional piece. It's going to let people know that there's still the rest of the end of the road. I think mm. when we look back on this in years to come, it's going to be something that we value and appreciate. Uh, we, the diehards, know the good and the bad, right? Mm -hmm. We know what's real, what isn't real, and kissed us too. We know that it wasn't Eric Carr's Fox makeup that made that, yeah. uh, the elder sell poorly or whatever. I mean, the fact is, is that the public was sick of all four of the makeup yeah. design and the the makeup and the whole thing. Kiss's last card to play was unmasking, right. and had that been more than a uh, curiosity, had they not had music to back it up, which was the same musician and same level of musicianship that they had regardless what they were wearing. Uh -huh. So again, people were 
have already made up their mind that we were done with Kiss. And after going through uh, lunchboxes, comic books, uh, four solo albums, then you get to the concept album and the disco music. And Kiss had basically stopped being what they were. And to be honest with you, nothing lasts longer than six or seven years. I mean, look mm -hmm. at the Beatles. They only lasted six years. Pop music. Yeah, it is pop for a reason. Here today, mm -hmm. gone later today. They were, you know, people always talk about how Kiss was the biggest band in the 70s. And then you take a look at how the Eagles and Fleetwood Mac outsold them. So how is that possible if they were the biggest band? How did the Bee Gees outsell them if they were the biggest? They were the biggest among their fans and among the teens for a time. That's no different than New Kids on the Block. And Kiss fans recoil when I say that. But they're more in line with New Kids on the Block than they are the Beatles or uh, the Eagles in that mm -hmm. sense. They were never taken serious, just like New Kids on the Block or Backstreet Boys. Backstreet Boys is a great example. Backstreet Boys were laughed at mocked who would want to hear from them and now they're doing vegas residencies like kiss now they have become grown adult men that have a fan base that has has little kids up to whatever age right so that's really a more fair thing they've managed to build a cottage industry that has rewarded them time and time again and they've they've proved that they like kiss can survive despite critics or whatever, you know, kiss, uh -huh. kiss is Teflon, kiss is great, kiss is a pack of dogs, it's whatever you want it to be. <laughs> I really, really enjoyed biography, history. I can't, I, I can't believe that they used the history title for, uh, that they gave that away so easily. You know what I mean? Just, just, it just could have been biography kiss and that could have been enough, but oh, yeah. history is a big thing for us, you know? I, I, I mean, that's our word, right? Tis the sacred word of Antioch. Let me ask you one one final thing, if I may. Yes, because we have one minute. Yeah, we, I enjoyed the hell out of it. You enjoyed the hell out of it. What choked you up? Seeing them play in Electric Lady, seeing them sit on the couch with Paul's mm -hmm. bare feet, seeing them on the plane, all four of them, seeing, just seeing Kiss. Mm -hmm. every Every good thing. I love this band. I love mm. this rock and roll soap opera. I love I love everything about Kiss, even the things that 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 may may not be to my liking. It's still part of the story, right? Yeah, and it's and I part of you, Kiss story. It's part of Kiss story. I, I got choked up with all the Gene and Paul stuff. The 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 story about Paul getting his surgery and Gene showing up and and, yeah, and all awesome. of that. Yeah, it was uh, beautiful moments that we long for. Um, reminded me of our friendship and, and all, and, you know, just, uh, all the things that we get out of, um, enjoying this, this band. Well, I remember when the podcast was going off the rails and you just couldn't hit the brakes and sometimes it was it's like, like going a plane to, and then it crashed and then it was sometimes like swinging we're on the bat. It was sinking. And then, yeah. so yeah, sometimes you got to step up at a bat, you know, sometimes you're an astronaut on the moon. I like what <laughs> there was, I, I really loved it. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I'm so glad that I purchased it for a measly $4.99 that I can watch it on any streaming device. I own it digitally. I can watch it anywhere I want. And it life is life is 
life is better with this thing. My, my kiss life is better with this show than not. Uh, I'm yeah. so glad that we have it and it's going to go right on my shelf when I manage to put it there, uh, right along with exposed and all the other wonderfully, uh, great and weird and funny stuff that, that is all things kiss. Amen. So I want to thank you for listening to podcast that uh, Gary, I want you and I to do a full in depth episode on the Tom Snyder show Yes, and talk about what we think they thought it should have been. So uh, coming on a future episode of Ace podcast, Ace Fraley's laugh. No, no, that's a compilation. Of course not. That's a compilation well, we laugh. Do, we should do a commentary like, or we should do a stop the tape. Let's talk about this. All right. Right. We can do and that. We sh- and then we should also play back to back. I have interviews from right around that time where I don't know, maybe there's something special about Kiss on the radio that's different from Kiss on television. I'm sure there is. But they were having a freaking blast, all four of them. And we need to I, I would love to to compare those things, you know, because it, it, they did enjoy the hell out of themselves on a good day. Yep. Well, without further ado or further ado, we want to thank you for joining us on this quick, instant episode of the podcast. Thank you for spending some time with us. Let us know your thoughts, and we uh, will probably come back and read some of your reactions on the next episode. Oh, that's We'll just have some fun with it. Right on. All right. So this is our first look at biography, history. Our first look at it. So there we go. Thank you to everybody who made it. Really, it was yep. great. Yes. Yeah. For any of the complaints we have, so glad to have it. I love Kiss. Yeah. What a great band. Holy crap. Be good to one another. Say see you, Gary. Love you, dude. Say see you, Gary. Oh, see you, Gary. Yeah. See, don't don't ruin my joke, man. <laughs> <laughs> And that is our show. Thanks again for listening. Be sure to check us out on the web at www.podcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook and on iTunes. If you'd like to contact the podcast, please drop us a line at podcast at gmail.com. Big thanks to Julian and everyone at kissfaq.com. They've got great information there and a terrific message board, too. Thanks also to Keith LaRue and everyone else at Kiss Online for their great work representing the hottest band in the land. And as always, a big thanks to Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, Ace Fraley, Peter Chris, Vinnie Vincent, Bruce Kulick, Eric Singer, Tommy Thayer, and the memory of the late great Eric Carr, and the late great Mark St. John. You are KISS, and we are your army. Podkist is created by the KISS Army for the KISS Army, and it is available for free as an internet download. If you like what you hear on our show, go buy it and support the people who made it. Podkist is not affiliated with KISS or any of its members past or present. On behalf of myself, Ken, and the whole rest of the Podkiss crew, thank you for listening to Podkiss, the KISS fanzine for your ears. <laughs>